them today. Um, the one thing about the Leadville 100 that is so amazing is that it's it's the highest altitude city located in the lower 48 states here in in the continental U.S. So uh, so you know the Leadville 100 goes over some really high mountain passes. So uh, if you ever get a chance, I definitely recommend checking out Race Across the Sky. Also just came out this week, New World Disorder 10. If you're into uh, into crazy mountain bike flicks, this is going to be the last of the New World Disorder series. They had a premiere down in Orange County and uh, and supposed to be a, a pretty insane video. Lots of free ride action, lots of... Lots of jumping tricks, all that stuff. So if you're into into mountain biking, you might want to check out New World Disorder 10 as well. On the on the BMX front, we also just got uh, just had the premiere for Ride's new video, Range of Range of Motion, which happened in Orange County as well uh, yesterday. Uh, I haven't, I wasn't able to make it, but I heard that it was pretty amazing. I've seen shots from it. And they basically tried to have three sections, one that was parks, one that was dirt jumping, and one that was street riding. And they, they got some amazing riders together for that. <clears throat> some of the pictures I've seen look amazing. Uh, I've, I realize I've used the word amazing quite a bit in this uh, in this little chat about it so far. But um, range of motion, you can probably find out about it through ridebmx.com. And um, what else do we have going on? Corba, the Concerned Off-Road Bicyclists Association. It's a uh, it's a local group based here in Southern California. They've worked really hard to get trails open in the, especially in this area, uh, like Santa Monica Mountains. They did they worked hard on the Backbone Trail, which runs through Will Rogers State Park. Uh, to get that open to cyclists, they, you can see their work if, if you do riding up along there or Sullivan Canyon. I think they, they do some of the signage and stuff there. Um, and we will be talking, I think, with Jeff Klinger, who is one of the volunteers with them. Do you know, you know much about Jeff, Nick? Well, well, Nick's mic wasn't on, but let, basically, let, let's. Jeff Klinger is uh, is a really active mountain biker who I guess within the past couple of years started noticing an uh, a difference in his performance output, and he went to the doctor and he said, "Listen, I I've got a problem. I'm not I'm not performing like I used to under strenuous activity," and uh, the doctors. Took a look at him, found uh, that he had a blocked coronary, and immediately went into surgery, and pretty much saved his own life through mountain biking, which is a, uh, which is an amazing story. So, and uh, Jeff is an environmental studies major, and he will, uh, hopefully, he'll be calling us from the Corba Fat Tire Classic, which is going on right now at Castaic Lake, and you can always check them out. Their website is Corba, C-O-R-B-A, M-T-B dot com. And it looks like we may have him on the line here now. 
Hello, this is Bike Talk. Hi, this is Jeff Klinger from Corba. Jeff, how are you doing? We were just introducing you on on the air here. Oh, great. How are you doing? <clears throat> so uh, we were reading here on your bio that you actually helped to save your own life. Would you care to tell us a little bit about that? Um, yeah, well, mountain biking uh, was a big part of that. Um, you know, I've been riding for years, and um, probably in uh, in 2007, I just started slowing down. I didn't know why. And, um, you know, just not being up ahead um, with, with my friends at the, the um, front of the group. And uh, then, you know, things started uh, progressing um, where it got to the point where, um, you know, all mountain bike rides start with a hill climb in the L.A. area. Yeah. And uh, so I just started getting really winded as I was climbing the hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got to the point um, where I was riding up to Mulholland. I would normally not even, um, you know, uh, stop to rest or anything, and I had to stop three times and rest. And so I was pursuing this with my doctor, and um, we uh, eventually got me onto the uh, treadmill for a stress test. Mm-hmm. And uh, two minutes into it, um, you know, the mm-hmm. symptoms I was feeling, a swollen throat and just kind of shortness of breath, started uh, occurring, and I saw my doctor's eyes pop out of his head, and they took me off the treadmill, put oxygen on me, gave me a nitro pill, and uh, called 911. And next thing you know, I was on the operating table on the cardiac unit. And uh, so basically what happened is I had a, a, a blocked artery. It was 95% blocked, and it's uh, the uh, left anterior descending artery, which is also known as the Widowmaker. Oh, man. Yeah, so when that one blocks up, no one survives. So we got to it before um, a heart attack, a fatal heart attack happened, and that was probably, it would have happened probably in the next day or two, um, you know, next time I climbed a staircase or got on my bike and rode. You know, so, I've, I've seen pictures of you here, Jeff. You look like a, a fairly fit guy. How, how old are you? Um, I'm 42. I was 40 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's just one of those things where... Um, uh, who knows why why that happened? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's an incredible story. That's actually, I'm really really happy that you guys were able to catch that. Yeah, and you know the reason why I attribute it to mountain biking or, or cycling in general is because um, you know as riders we're really in tune with our bodies and we're always out there exercising. And if I lived a more sedentary lifestyle, and uh, you know let's say it was the first snow of the season somewhere and I went out to shovel the snow, um, I wouldn't have no warning, and I just probably would have had that heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I would like to ask you about what's going on out at Castaic Lake today. Today we're preparing for our annual Fat Tire Fest. Um, it's a mountain biking festival that we've had every year um, for the past 22 years. Holy and cow. Yeah. Uh, it used to be called the Birthday Bash. It's a uh, Corba's um, annual fundraiser and birthday party. Um, but uh, about five years ago, we uh, changed the name to Fat Tire Fest because it was just growing and becoming more of a festival than a birthday party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. 22 years. Um, Corba, how active is Corba in our community? Very active. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we're involved with uh, preserving trail access for mountain biking and uh, advocacy to gain access uh, to more trails. And uh, we also have uh, four community programs um, which, which give back to the community in various ways. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I was looking at the uh, announcement for the Fat Tire Fest, and 
you guys have a who's who roster coming out today. Uh, Ned Overend is supposed to be there, the yeah. the legend. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a great time. Uh, what time does that start? Well, it's actually tomorrow, Sunday. Oh, oh. <laughs> thanks for correcting me. Yeah, well, um, I you know I, I was on my way out here um, earlier today, so it may have sounded like it was today. So I apologize for that. Um, but we're just getting the site prepared today. And uh, it's tomorrow. It starts at 8 a.m. Uh-huh. And there's going to be um, beginner, intermediate, and advanced uh, mountain bike rides, a poker ride, and uh, a hill climb contest, a wheelie contest, um, a bike limbo, and uh, all sorts of skills features to come out and play on. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, is there camping anywhere near there? Um, there is camping here at Castaic. And um, if you go to our website at fattirefest.com, um, there's a link for Castaic, and um, you can probably find more information on camping uh, there. Awesome. Um, and this starts tomorrow at 8 a.m., goes pretty much all day, right? Yeah, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Do you need any volunteers or anything like that? No, we have a lot of volunteers already, so... Um, but uh, it's a great time for people to, to come out and, um, and um, get out there on the bikes. And there's Specialized, Giant, Trek, Bionicon, Ibis, Niner. All these companies will be out there with uh, demo bikes and their latest bikes. And uh, it's just going to be a great time. Awesome. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, any, anything else that you'd like to promote with Corba or with biking? Um, right now we're focused on... on um, implementing this event and uh, but uh, Corba is a, a great organization and uh, you know people should check it out and um, um, you know it's uh, going to be a great time tomorrow cool mm-hmm. uh, have you been have you been with Corba pretty much the since their inception no um, I joined Corba in 2003 as a, as a board member um, I think I was a member for a few years a general member and then I stepped up um, and joined the board in 2003. Um, so I've been an active member for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the last question I have for you here is, what are you seeing now with, with mountain biking? Are you seeing uh, rise in its popularity, different groups, different more secular types? Or what, what do you see happening in mountain biking in the future? Um, it's getting more and more popular, and um, there's uh, more uh, free riders out there now, um, you know, into um, uh, uh, more technical terrain, and um, it's just a, a growing um, sector of, of um, cycling. And actually, a lot of people get into mountain biking and then um, switch to road biking yeah. and, and biking in general. You know. Something, that, a trend that I've seen a lot is, Someone will invite their friend on a mountain bike ride, and they haven't been on a bike in, you know, since they were kids, and so they get reintroduced to, to cycling in general. And some yeah. of them um, really get into mountain biking, and others start veering into road biking, and then start commuting and uh, running errands on bikes, and, and just loving bikes again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any any advice for for the novice bikers listening that are like, I'd, I'd love to get out on mountain bikes, but I'm scared I'm going to hurt myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually have a free mountain biking skills clinic once a month. Um, it's out at Malibu Creek State Park, mm-hmm. and it's the first Saturday of every month. 
and uh, it offers uh, uh, skills, techniques, uh, how to handle the trails and ruts and on all sorts of things, and, and you know, even some basics like changing a flat tire. And uh, I took that after I was mountain biking for 10 years, and even though I was quite proficient, I, I learned a lot. And it's just a, a fantastic class, and it's free to the public. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That, Jeff, this has been really informative. I hope everything goes goes well tomorrow. I hope the weather holds out, and, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a great event. It will, it will, and we, we hope to see you out there if you can make it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm planning on it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jeff. Okay, thank you. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. So Jeff Klinger with the Concerned Off-Road Bicycle Association. Uh, these guys, they are they are fantastic. They've been, I guess they've been doing this for 22 years. They're working on getting more folks out there on their mountain bike, more folks out there living, uh, more folks on bikes. Period. And uh, it sounds like they're doing a great job. So if you if you don't have anything to do tonight, you feel like going out, maybe camping at Castaic Lake, and uh, Waking up in the morning doing some riding sounds like a, sounds like it could be an excellent thing to do. Uh, I think next up we might have a call coming in from Stephen Messer uh, about the L.A. bike plan, and I think he's also a, a concerned off-road bicyclist association member. Hi, you're on Bike Talk. Hi, this is Steve Messer from Corba. I'm a Corba volunteer and have been out there digging trails and building new trails and repairing old ones and attending meetings, doing what it takes to maintain access for mountain bikers to the trails in Southern California. That sounds awesome, Steve. Um, we, uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Los Angeles mountain bike plan, but before I get into that, what kind of, what kind of bike do you ride? Um, I ride a Bionicon, and I also commute my bike. I ride road bikes, um, I put in two to three hundred miles a week on road and dirt, so I drive very rarely and do as much as I can by bike. That sounds awesome. Where Where are you from? Uh, from Australia originally. I live in northeast LA at the moment. Okay, awesome. Uh, so, are you going to be out at the festival, the Fat Tire Festival tomorrow? I will be there. I'm actually one of the leaders of the advanced ride, um, and... We'll also have Ned Overend, uh, Sid Tableley, and Brian Lopes out there as guest leaders on the on the ride as well. That's fantastic. Oh man, that is that's crazy. I, I forgot Brian Lopes was going to be there, and and who, the middle guy that you mentioned, Sid. Sid Tableley. He's also Australian. He's the Australian national champion for I think five times, and um, he's done really well in world contests. So he's a He's from the Team Show Air, Specialized Show Air team. Man, that sounds like it's going to be a an incredible day, an incredible event. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Los Angeles Mountain Bike Plan because I know that that also came up under review recently, and uh, and I was hoping that maybe you could put in your two cents on what's going on with it. Well, there isn't actually a separate bike a mountain bike plan. Um, in 1996, there was a recommendation for for eight trails to be opened up within City of LA property to mountain bikes, um, and the recent LA bike plan, which has been 
the source of a lot of controversy lately, as I'm sure all the listeners are aware. Oh, yeah. It, it initially, we were promised um, to have separate hearings on mountain bike access on city properties. At, and at the first meetings that we attended, that was uh, promised us later on in the process, and it never happened. They never called for mountain bike access, never called for any specific hearings on it. But instead, they they decided to have a mediation hearing in private, and they brought in different user groups, trail user groups, hikers, uh, trail runners, equestrians, and mountain bikers. And Corbo was one of the representatives of the mountain biking community. Mm-hmm. And um, But they promised to bring in fair and open-minded people who would be willing to see the points of view from each different group and take that into consideration. But the the people they brought in from some of the communities weren't open-minded at all and were intent on shutting down the process and succeeded. And the result of that is that we now have the 1996 recommendations for eight trails to be opened up, um, taken off the table, and they're now saying that it's beyond the scope of the current LA City bike plan. Now, this this seems like it's something that mountain bikers have bought everywhere. Uh, and if if you're familiar with the rules of the trail, basically mountain bikers pretty much are are supposed to yield to everyone, right? That is correct. That's the that's the correct etiquette. Yeah. Um, mountain bikes are fairly quiet coming down a hill and and can come up suddenly on people. So we, our Corba actually has a set of uh, trail etiquette guidelines that are also the same as the IMBA standard. Right, and we yield to hikers, yield to horses. Now, but the, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the, but the issue with the equestrians is that some of the equestrian riders um, are spooked by by mountain bikes. So, multi-use trails should have access for hikers, for equestrians, and for mountain bikes. And Corba advocates multi-use trails to be built and and utilized by all members of the public, not just mountain bikers. There, there are have been studies shown that uh, showing that mountain bikes do less damage overall to trails than do horses. Do they still bring that into the equation that the the bikers are eating up the trails? Um, they do, but the studies are out there. As you said, it's pretty obvious that. Uh, horses tear up the trails quite a bit. You can, if you've ever hiked along any of the trails in Griffith Park, you can see how sandy and and beat up the trails are. Yeah. Um, another advan- another example is um, the recent rain we had a few weeks ago. There's trails out in uh, northern LA that we ride, and horses were out there the day after the rain, and now those trails are just pockmarked with hoof prints that are, you know, potential ankle breakers for people hiking and. And we also advocate not riding on the trails immediately after, after rain. rain. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's. I'm 100% behind you here, and I, I'm wondering what eight trails there are in the city of LA that they were advocating to open up. Do you know which ones they were? They weren't advocating any specific trails. They what they decided in 1996 was that based on the number of mountain bikers in the 
City of LA that there was a need for at least that many, and what was approved was um, to study where those trails should be. Can you tell me anything about Sullivan Canyon? Um, I'm not entirely familiar with it. I live in northeast LA, so most of my riding is out in the San Gabriels okay. and areas out there, but I do know that that has been um, a source of contention when they they announced after two years of study in private without telling anyone that they were actually studying the the process that they were going to close it down. Okay. So is that do you know if that's still closed or has it closed yet? Yeah, it is still closed and there's still construction going on there at the moment. Okay. All right. So and I, I do know uh, that's one of the most popular rides on the western side of LA there near Santa Monica. So And it is a beautiful ride, but it is a, an easement and a right of way that the gas company should should be able to to do uh what they need to keep it safe and keep their pipeline safe. The, right. the problem was, as I understand it, that they just didn't tell anyone yeah. until the last minute. Yeah. So if you're looking to go ride Sullivan Canyon, I, I would suggest maybe doing the Backbone Trail instead? Backbone Trail is a lot of fun. Um, it's one that actually Corba had a hand in opening up to mountain bikers. Right. Well, um, Steve, is there... Anything else that you would like to promote here? Well, the Fat Tire Fest tomorrow is, is the most important um, event for Corbett, where most of the funding for the year. Corbett's all volunteer run. No one gets paid for doing this work, but it's um, something we do for passion. I'm not on the board. I'm just a volunteer who's out there doing what, what I believe in. Right. Just pounding the dirt. Pounding dirt <laughs> and pavement. Right. Um, and going to meetings and meeting with city managers. And um, we've actually been, work, we worked with uh, the city of Glendale on their their trail master plan and got a number of trails approved. But um, now they're held up in funding and the ability to find actual locations for a bike park that they also approved. Now, as I understand, Glendale has actually been very proactive in getting their bike plan pushed through and staying on kind of on the cusp of things that of, of promoting cycling yes they are Colin Bogart has been heading up that I actually um, participated in the recent bike count that they had in Glendale right before the the LA bike count and um, the uh, the whole process they're doing it the right way they need to have the numbers to get the funding and right. that's what's happening how, how did that go? How did the bike count go? The bike count was um, an eye-opener for the intersection that I was at. I was at Louise and Glen Oaks, and um, I ride that probably three or four times a week through that intersection at least, and um, I was surprised how many I didn't see because when you're out on the bike, you always notice how many other bikers are out there. Right. And um, standing on a corner and actually counting, it wasn't that that big a number yeah but then then uh, a block north i could see people crossing up there and taking the back streets so as, as good as the bike count is to get a baseline it really isn't a complete count i don't think because of the number of people who use alternate routes because the main roads aren't 
as bicycle friendly as they should be. Right. Um, do you have any advice for folks that are trying to get into commuting or mountain biking, uh, don't know where to begin? Um, Cycle.org is a great place for commuting, and um, Corba actually conducts a, a free skills class, a beginner skills class. If, uh, I think it's uh, one Saturday a month. I'm not sure the date, but it can be found on the CorbaMTB.com website. All right. And that's a free clinic that Mark Langton uh, runs once a month. Steve, anybody that you'd like to thank for, for their help or participation? I'd like to thank you guys, of course, and I'd like to thank in advance all of the people who are going to be out here supporting the event uh, tomorrow, including the, the vendors and the bike companies. They're donating bikes for the raffle, so we'll be giving away bikes and equipment and all sorts of stuff as well. It sounds like it's going to be great. There are going to be chances to demo bikes, so if you're interested in buying a new bike, it could be a great place to find out if that's the one for you. That's true. I think we have... Uh, about six or seven bike companies going to be represented. So it's it's always a good time to come and check out a bunch of different brands all at once. Awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much. We hope to see you tomorrow, and uh, and take care. Keep riding. Thank safe. you very much. Yep. Keep riding. You got it. Talk to you later. Cheers. So that was Stephen Messer, also from the from Corba, and he was talking a little bit about the mountain bike plan, which has all but been shut down by the city of Los Angeles. So something that, if you are a concerned mountain biker, is something that you should definitely keep on your radar. Uh, we we do want to push to have more mountain bike trails open to the public here in the city of Los Angeles. I understand that a lot of folks out there that are listening are more than one type of cyclist. And if, if you're a commuter, you, you'd think that your needs aren't being met and that you're, the most important thing is making sure that the streets are safe in order to get you around town. If you're a mountain biker, you feel like you're being completely underserved. You feel like there's nobody listening to you and there are no trails in the city of Los Angeles. I mean, we've got Griffith Park, which is one of the largest urban parks in the country, it's on mountains. It is the terrain is perfect for at least one mountain bike trail, and it's close to a, a huge segment of the population of Los Angeles. Uh, would be a great place to have a couple of trails in, and uh, till now, and even continuing on, like the the equestrians and the the hikers, they they have been petitioning to keep bikes off of the land. The rangers are still very, very much against uh, bikes riding off the trail, and you will get ticketed there. So uh, it'd be great to try and get get some support, get at least one of the trails opened up there, something, some kind of loop, something going on. So it looks like we have another caller, Eric. Carlos Morales. Carlos Morales. Oh, with the East Side, East Side Riders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to feel this one, Nick? Uh, sure. Hey, Carlos. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. So I heard that uh, that you've got... The reason I called was because I heard that you have this really cool Calaveras bike, and I wanted you to 
talk about it and also talk about the Dia de los Muertos uh, festivities. Sure. Um, well, where do I start? You know what? I'll start with the Dia de los Muertos it's, or Day of the Dead. It's a it's a tradition that was uh, that's found in, in Mexico, and it basically what it uh, what it is in a nutshell is people built uh, altars of family members and loved ones who have passed away. And what it is, what it is, it's a day of remembrance. It's a day to for families and friends to get together. Um, usually, what happens is they share a, a meal. They have a little plate, and and they uh, symbolize by giving a a piece of bread or uh, whatever food that that you have there uh, under a uh, or next to a picture or next to anything that was personal to that to that person who had passed. And it's basically a day where people uh, cherish uh, memories of when they were together and, and when that person who was passed away, um, you know, just uh, share those, those, those type of moments. So mm-hmm. um, what I was thinking, I says, okay, well, the, you know, we, we've all have friends and family who have passed. One of the things that uh, since I've become a uh, very concerned bike rider out on the, out on the road, Mm-hmm. What I decided is to do this with a twist, and and it's a cycling twist. Um, Stephen Box introduced me this past March to a, a ghost bike um, yeah. event that was uh, raised for uh, Jesus Castillo, who was run over by a drunk driver in the uh, Echo Park uh, area near Sunset and I think Echo Park. So it was my first time, my introduction of a, of a ghost bike, and what what that was and i was so moved by it a couple of us uh, rode from the east side to uh, that location um we decided to create an altar to memorize or to um honor all of the cyclists who have been uh hit and killed by motorists out, out on the road and basically we've uh, built a, a trailer and we have a uh, ghost bike on top of it, including, and then we, we tied it in with the Day of the Dead, where we actually have a skeleton on the bike. Um, huh. We've... Uh, it's a Calavera's bike? Yes, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Calavera bike. Um, th- when we, We've already taken it out once on October the 10th. We went to uh, several galleries, um, art galleries, that uh, were opening the exhibition of the Day of the Dead. And it was, the response was incredible. We rode through, uh, cities of Alhambra, South Pasadena, Pasadena, hmm. uh, Los Angeles. And when we were in Pasadena, USC had just finished the game at the, at the Rose Bowl. Uh-huh. So there was CHP motor officers escorting the buses. And, um, every single, so we had South Pasadena PD, LAPD, uh-huh. uh, the CHP, every single agency uh, pulled up next to us and started questioning us about what had happened. They, I mean, it, you talk about bringing awareness. It was incredible. Uh, every single law enforcement uh, ag- agency through the cities that we passed by, they, wow. they, were, they were riding next to us. A couple of them were on, were, were on motorcycles, and they, they'd seen what it was, and they were just curious. So we told them that our message was that we were sharing the street with the people, we're trying to bring a, a, a lot of awareness. And everywhere we go, we had bus drivers honk at us, giving us a thumbs up. Uh-huh. People, we were we were riding through neighborhoods. Uh, people were coming out of their houses, 
uh, clapping, cheering. Uh, it was incredible, incredible Sounds experience. Great. When are you going to do it again? If people want to, can people get involved in this? Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, no matter of fact, I have a couple of the uh, guys working on it. We're actually making a little bit of modifications. Um, it's the first time we ever do something like that, and you could imagine a, uh, a structure with all the vi- vi- vibration of the road. It's, it's uh, uh, kind of shakes loose or, or things start falling off, so we're actually re- um, working on it right now. And we are going to meet today at 2 o'clock at the uh, Charo Building, which is located at 4301 Valley Boulevard. That's in uh, Los Angeles, near Lincoln Park. And what we're going to do is we're going to ride through uh, Boyle Heights to a couple of the uh, coffee shops. We're going to try to hit a couple of the art galleries and make our way over to Hollywood for the evening. Uh, this evening at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery yeah. is one of the largest Dia de los Muertos events in the country. Mm-hmm. And thousands of people show up there. Is that tonight? That is that is tonight. I, um, it's not the... Well, isn't it early for that? Oh, no, yes, it is, because traditionally um, the Dia de los Muertos is uh, the, the, I guess, the recognized day is November the, the 2nd. Um, but uh, there's uh, so many events happening, that, uh, and it's so close to Halloween, these guys did it the day before. Uh, I mean, uh, a week before, or two weeks before. Anyway, it's uh, it's the largest uh, event of its kind. There's music, there's food, there's uh, a lot of displays, a lot of what they're, what's called altares. So we're the first group to actually make uh, a couple of portable altares, and and what who are we are honoring? We're we are honoring all the cyclists that have that have uh, that have passed that have passed. That's great. Are you going to be in a certain part of it uh, that we can look for? Yeah, well, we'll be coming down uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. You know what? I'll give you guys a, a phone number if any of any of the cyclists want to join us uh, on the way over there. Uh, that's that's what we found happened last time when we took off. There was people uh, riding; they would see us, and then they would uh, join. So um, we started with a group of maybe twenty cyclists last. Uh, Last time we took it out and we ended up, we joined up with um, Joseph from the uh, Flying Pigeon. He has his spoken art ride in Highland Park. And at the end of the night, I think we had like a hundred cyclists going with us. And it was just amazing, all the photographs, the videos, just Mm -hmm. people turning around. So as we were going on the route, uh, more and more cyclists that just seen us, they would just join join the little caravan. What other kind of... Did people have bike costumes, bike stooms? Well, we uh, we would recommend that they wear skeleton types uh, outfits or shirts or, or 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 what have you. If they if they don't have that, because that's pretty hard to get the last minute. Anything that's bright. One of the day the the Day of the Dead um, celebrations. It's not uh it's not a dark eerie thing. Uh, maybe like Halloween, but it's a very bright, festive type of, so if they could decorate their bikes with bright stuff or bring wear bright clothing, um, it just uh, adds to the attraction and to the uh, uh, awareness of, of cyclists being visible out on the road. Um, so after tonight, we're going to, 
you know, we're going to be podcast. Most of our listeners uh, at KPFK are are the ones that are going to be hearing this. So, is there something coming up, maybe for Halloween or something? Any any other events coming up in the future? Past? You know what? There there are there are a couple of rides. Unfortunately, I'm not at my I'm not at my desk, and I don't have that 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 information on with me on, on hand. We're over here at the in the warehouse. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have that stuff. But um, we could post it uh, on our website. I could send you guys an, an email, uh, and maybe in the next uh, podcast, you guys could uh, share some of that information with 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 your readership or with your Great. listenership. Yeah. What's your website? Okay. The the website would be uh, myspace. dot com forward slash Eastside Bikes. And then we do have a Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash Eastside Bikes. And uh, those would be the, the places. If you guys want to email me, you can email me at bikesinla at yahoo.com. That's bikesinla at yahoo.com. When you, when you email me with your permission, we uh, put you on the email subscriber list, and we uh, try to put out a calendar of events, uh, not only with our rides, but other cycling events that are happening. We try to help uh, cross-promote cross other other events on that. Yeah, so that's good. And we can sign up for a newsletter, right, online? Absolutely, yes. Okay, great. All right, well, thanks, Carlo, uh, Carlos. I think I'd like to really check that out tonight, because I know Hollywood Forever is something that I'd like to invite everybody it I know is, to. It is something uh, for those of you who haven't seen or or know of this type of uh, event. It it is a uh, it's an opening eye experience. It might be culture clash. It is some it is something else. You have to try it at least once. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, um, thanks thanks for calling in, and I uh, hope to talk to you again. Uh, you know, soon. Next okay. Episode, very maybe. good. Thank you, guys. Be safe. All right. You too. Thanks. So that was Carlos Morales with Eastside Bike Club, and now we have Jim C. Uh, talking to Glenn Bailey of the L.A. Bicycle Advisory Council or Committee, and he's at the L.A. Bike Plan Working Group right now, um, and they are talking about the L.A. Bike Plan. So he's going to call in in just a minute. They are talking about the L.A. Bike Plan, what they can do about it, how they can react to it as as bicyclists, and uh, I guess we can go to. Uh, 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 what do you want to do, Jimmy? You want to go to music while we wait for the call, or do you want to prep us for the? Maybe we could. Like we we have Glenn Bailey who's going to be calling, uh, and he's going to be talking about the uh, the bicycle riders wor- workshop that's going on right now, uh-huh. and uh, he's going to be calling with probably a few people, so it's going to be. We're going to get several opinions about what happened at the meeting this morning. So, okay, great. Um, for those of you who are listening who are not aware, right now the master plan, the Los Angeles master plan for bi- for transportation, which includes bicycles, is in the process of being ratified by the city of Los Angeles. And the public comment hearings are happening as we speak pretty much. Mm. And uh, so if – you are interested if you want to get involved if you want your voice to be heard as a cyclist uh you need to get down to one of these public comment hearings or you need to post something uh i think 
LABikePlan.org and LABikePlan.com are the two places to go. LABikePlan.com is the website that is set up by riders where anything that you comment goes to the riders group and then it also goes to the city. So uh, excellent place to start out. It's got um, some some maps on LABikePlan.com that are not the official maps but things that they would like to see changed, things that they would like to see implemented by the city so mm. uh sounds good the, so it looks like we may have even have glenn bailey glenn on bailey. the phone right now and glenn bailey is uh is the president of the los angeles bac yeah the bicycle advisory committee so here we go good morning welcome to bike talk good morning how are you good Th- this is uh glenn bailey right this is Glenn Bailey. We've introduced you, but if I could get you to maybe give introduce yourself here. I am uh, Glenn Bailey. I am uh, a, a member of the citywide uh, City of Los Angeles Bicycle Advisory Committee, and I am uh, its new chair mm-hmm. as of earlier this year. And I'm calling in from uh, one of the several public workshops on the draft bicycle plan. So before we get too involved in this, I'd like your your opinion of the draft bicycle plan? Well, it wouldn't be the way I would write it. Um, And I do think that, uh, I think it needs a lot of work. And I'm dedicated to try to to do that, you know, whatever I can. And um, encouraging other folks, uh, not just bicyclists, but other person who could care about their communities in Los Angeles to, uh, you know, really get involved in the process and, and take out actions to, to make it a better plan. And that, you know, the plan is comprised of specific maps showing uh, bicycle lanes and routes. It also contains um, uh, many policies and goals types of statements, which are more technical and probably are more difficult for folks to, to get a handle on, uh, you know, unless they're really uh, planning, you know, got a planning type or bicycle advocacy type experience, but uh, and that's one of my issues with the plan. It's a very, it's a very, it's not a user friendly document for the average, right? Average uh, reader. It does and seem it does seem a little convoluted. <laughs> so with with little gems hidden in places, but unfortunately the gems seem to be uh, the wording on the gems does not seem to be very favorable or kind to cyclists well i mean there are a lot of a lot of good components of the plan and those should certainly be supported and kept in there um i guess my overall comment is the plan should be a usable tool the last plan was adopted in 1996 i mean the last meaningful revision of the plan was 1996 that was that would be uh 14 years from the by the time this one gets put into place and um, so the point is, this plan will be with us for a long time. We need to get it right. We need to make it a useful tool. And the other issue is we need to make sure that there's provisions in it that truly make it a document that will be be implemented by all the city departments and the entire structure of the city of Los Angeles. There's not just one department uh, responsible or touching the lot of touching issues of of things bicycle related. Right. Um, you know, there, I mean, just a whole wide range of them. And I don't think it's strong enough in that regard. So yes, it has some good things in it. 
Um, I do think it was written, you know, um, by and for, you know, planner type folks. And, um, you know, and, and if I want to take this to, say, concerned bicyclists or neighborhood council members, community members concerned about issues in their community, you know, it's sort of overwhelming them to have a, you know, 540-some page document that they're just, you know, throwing at them, you know. And, right. and uh, you know, the maps, you know, it's the, the whole process is a little bit difficult because, you know, even the maps, you know, try to view the maps um, online um, at, at a large enough scale. You can actually read them. You can't really see the big picture. They haven't made the the right. document available in all the city public libraries. They've only chosen a few number of regional libraries, but they haven't put it in all the L.A. city public libraries. So, um, and these, um, you know, the, the structure of the, the uh, public input for these workshops, you know, scheduling from most of today is, today is the only Saturday one, but the others are from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, there's, you know, one in the valley uh, on Monday, uh, one on the west side on uh, on Wednesday, and then there'll be another one on the east side on November fourth, I believe it is. So, um, how was how was the turnout today? There's uh, about forty people that signed in today. That's actually and, pretty good, I think, for well, a Saturday a, morning. A, yes, but a significant number of them are USC students. Yeah. So when you look at when you take away the I don't know how many there are, but there's probably at least a dozen uh, USC students. Uh, doing this as part of a class project, we I mean, take that number away. You know, when you consider this is the hearing for all of Central and South Los Angeles, which would is theoretically includes Hollywood, you know, downtown, uh, you know, really everything, uh, everything east of Beverly Hills, and yeah. everything. You know, that's a huge area, huge needs, uh, huge problems. Um, but I am thankful it's on a Saturday. I, I do appreciate that that it is on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the, the public involvement, I think, on this has not been broadcast enough that um, we really, we really, I think, as Angelinos, we need to be involved. And I, unfortunately, I, I say that, and I, I've missed them as well. I'm planning on going to the one on Wednesday, but uh, this is, I mean, this is a really big thing. So, it is. It, it's going to determine, I mean, because I deal with this, Sonny, you know, uh, on a on an ongoing basis, being on the bicycle advisory committee, it determines what what streets, what lanes are going to be um, implemented in the years to come, or not. Right. And I've I've been told time and time again, if it's not on the bicycle plan, it's not going to be done. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. You know, irrespective of the policies, make sure we've got good, comprehensive policies that are that are. Um, uh, there's a mandate to implement them. It's also very important we've got the maps right, that there's no errors, that there's no admissions. We've got every possible street, you know, looking ahead 20 years that possibly we can uh, be working on uh, should, uh, you know, should the opportunity arise uh, to do that. And so that's, and I don't, you know, this is a big city. And yeah. I, I don't know anyone that knows, <laughs> that knows it well enough, but we all know our local communities, and that's why my message has been, to, to, to many different groups that I've tried to um, uh, encourage to get involved with this is look at your own local community, take responsibility for it, take a look at that portion of the of the plan maps, and uh, you know see if there's streets that uh, there's a need and it and can be implemented if not today then uh, in the future 
you know, make sure it's on there and look at streets that do have the designations and make sure that that's, you know, that that's accurate. Uh, I, I have a question for you specifically regarding this that, now, we had, we had spoken before, uh, about the amount of streets from the previous bike plan that were actually, the amount of projects that were actually completed and there was a relatively low percentage that, that has been completed and it's, deflating for the average cyclist to realize that this big plan exists and yet so many of the of the policies and the uh, different streets and the plans for cyclists the lanes have not been implemented and uh, is there any way that we could change this document to be a working document instead of something that's static for the next 14-15 years um that is that is what we need to work towards. You know, I mean, some things were done um, since, you know, in the past, not just the 96 plan, but the plan before that. But I think, uh, you know, this is a shared responsibility. It's not just the city. It's also those of us on the Bicycle Advisory Committee and also the community because, frankly, as with everything else in, in, in politics in the city, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Right. And to a certain extent, I think that some of us were probably saying, oh, it's in the plan. They'll, you know, these people, it's their job. They're being paid. They'll, they'll work to implement the plan. And what I've learned and come to realize over the last couple of years is that's not exactly the way it works. You've got to be that squeaky wheel. You've got to develop community support. You've got to really push for um, your projects because some of them will maybe go on their own, but most won't. Right. And then we run into situations like the Reseda Boulevard debacle, where it was on the plan, and it had been designed and engineered, ready for implementation. And some bureaucrat in, in the other side of the Department of Transportation said, oh, forget the plan, forget all that investment of work and money. Uh, we're going to put in you know, peak hour lanes, and, and therefore there won't be room for, for bike lanes. And right. So you get that sort of thing going on, and that's what you know. I think that we have to... Um, stand up and speak out about and that that will involve um, uh, engagement of the community and that's why I've made a specific effort to um, get the word out to the neighborhood councils as well as the bicycle advocates and um, hopefully working together and I'm sure there's other people in the community too they don't just have to have ride bicycles to be uh, interested in this issue uh, you know if they want uh, if they want a livable community um, you know, bicycles one of the solutions, and you know, if, if they if they want their if they want the the roadways in their community turned into to freeways, um, you know, that's that's a different point of view. Yeah, so. yeah. So, can you tell us how everything went this morning? What? Well, still it's still going on. Um, they have boards set up with the different uh, policy issues, um, and then they've got little uh, comment that they're putting down comments of folks. They also have maps on tables where people can can make comments on the actual maps for the proposed bike lanes and bike routes and that sort of thing. So folks are making comments about that, specific comments on specific streets that either are designated or maybe aren't designated that should be in their opinion. Where is this morning's meeting taking place? Uh, this is at the Exposition, Exposition Park Dr. Mary McLeod Bethune Regional Library, which is at 3900 Southwestern Avenue at okay. 39th Street. 
Okay. So it's a meeting room at the library. Um, and did I know that the uh, there's been a bicycle working group that's been headed up by Alex Thompson and uh, Stephen Box. And they're both here. Oh yeah, and uh, and I'm sure that they are making comments. <laughs> so uh, are are they being are they getting themselves heard? Um, you know, this is this, this this meeting is a workshop format, so it's not like it's a um, you know people are speaking in front of the whole crowd. There okay. are people from planning department and department of transportation individually meeting with and and asking um, questions, you know, answering questions that sort of thing. So. Um, you know, they are definitely, you know, talking to folks, but it's, it's not like a public hearing. It's not like a public meeting. It's, it's a place, it's an opportunity to learn more about the plan, to give input, uh, you know, of individual one-on-one comments. Right. Which, you know, has its place, but, you know, there needs to be also be an opportunity where folks work together. And I think that that, uh, I didn't go to this session last week, um, but I understand there's another one on the 31st tonight. Uh, I'm planning to attend that, uh, so of the bicycle working group. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add, or any any comments that you anything that you would like to see? Um, I just would stress how that this is a once in a probably two decade opportunity, and so folks, uh, I know people are busy with everything else going on in their lives, but I think this they really need to, you know, if they have any any interest in bicycling in Los Angeles, they really need to step up at this point in time. And um, if they can't attend one of these workshops, um, and incidentally, let me just say, the schedule and the plan are all available on the web at www.labikeplan.org. Labikeplan.org. And the... um, that bike working group you mentioned is the same, only it's .com, labikeplan.com. Right. Um, anyway, um, so if they, if they can't get to physically get to one of the workshops, there's an opportunity to give input on the um, from the website as well as submit comments by email, et cetera. And there will be some public hearings. And I just actually was speaking with one of the chief planners from the city planning department uh, before this call, and... Um, the process is in January. They're planning to have uh, one, possibly two, public hearings before a hearing examiner regarding the revised plan once it comes out probably in December. And, and the, the revised plan would be based on this input that's going on now. Um, and then from that, from those hearing, hearing or hearings, it will then go to the City Planning Commission and then to the full City Council. So in my experience, the earlier folks uh, get involved and submit their comments, uh, the easier it is to make adjustments. Because by the time you get to city council, it's really, by then it's usually yes or no type of a vote. It's not usually, you know, making changes. So um, one last thing that I would like to bring up, because we spoke today with two members of CORBA, the Concerned Off-Road Bicycle Association. They're getting ready to have their, uh, a- their annual Fat Tire Fest tomorrow at Castaic Lake. And one of the things that they mentioned was that in this this new master bike plan, uh, the off-road trails that were suggested in 96, in the 96 plan, they had suggested based on the number of mountain bikers in L.A. County that we open eight trails to, to mountain bikes. 
Uh, and then this year at the public workshop, that was pretty much that was pretty much taken completely off the board. Uh, is there are there going to be any provisions for mountain bikers this year in the LA bike plan? Well, there's something in the draft plan now, but um, my personal feeling is that we we have a big challenge ahead of us. And although um, I would like to uh, be able to accommodate all cycling um, modes in Los Angeles, the reality is we're not doing a very good job uh, and haven't done a good job, and we need to do a lot more work to accommodate folks who are on our actual city streets. So personally, because... Because it is a controversial issue, because the equestrian community um, turns out in huge numbers, much larger than the cyclist community, yeah. uh, when, when they see the possibility of Griffith Park being opened up to cyclists, even though that's really not on the table now, um, uh, then I think it's a distraction, personally. And I'd really like to see a, a bike plan that focuses on the, on the role of the bicycle in being a solution to the to the traffic and transport, the traffic problems and the transportation needs in the city of Los Angeles, and um, you know, like I said, I'm sympathetic on the mountain bike issue, but I really think it may be a distraction to our overall effort uh, of this whole plan. So uh, it's in the plan now. So yeah. um, you know, we'll see uh, how that how that unfolds. Well, Glenn, um, thank you very much for keeping us informed about what's happening th- today, and uh, and I definitely hear your call and i'd like to i'd like to put a put out a challenge to everyone listening to all of our listeners to try and make as many of the public forums as you can um labikeplan.org is the official website labikeplan.com is uh the pirate site that the comments that you make at labikeplan.com still get forwarded to LA, to the city so you can still go to labikeplan.com and submit your comments there, and get involved with the bike riders workshop. Um, you want to? Do you want to hear a little bit about the? I know you had an interview last week, but do you want to hear a, even a different perspective, a possible different perspective I, on the workshop? Yeah, I would love one. Okay. Well, here's Stephen Box. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for your time. Was it? Stephen Box. Stephen Box. This is Jim C from uh, Bike Talk. How are you doing? Good. Good. How are you doing, Jim C? I'm doing great. How's the? Uh, First off, how did the workshop go last weekend? Workshop last weekend went awesome. Um, we had uh, two robust sessions. The first one was kind of uh, open uh, and introductory to the bike plan, uh, the draft bike plan as presented. And the, and the second one was we dug into specific topics and then came back with recommendations. Right. So what we did was come up with the topics that we think are the most important, and they are uh, obviously starting off with equality as the foundation for the vision. Yep. And then, of course, we go through engineering, um, education, uh, encouragement, evaluation, and enforcement. And we would like to see those five chapters or topics sort of evened out. L.A.'s uh, big on pouring cement, which they never pour, but you know, <laughs> positioning that as the big element of the, of the bike plan. But what they miss is the big opportunities to work on um, training the police department, educating the police department. Educating the rest of the city on maintenance standards, even just riding over here, um, over there in the neighborhood by Kill Radio, and coming down a small side street, and all the broken glass from the cars that were busted into last night means that even on the small, quiet side streets, there's no maintenance standard that says that 
you know, we've got to get this glass out of the street so cyclists can ride. But if you think about some of the brutal streets we ride, um, and then coming down uh, Vermont, what's yeah. the maintenance standard? What's the repair standards for these streets? Oh, Vermont is horrible, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's patching. Yeah. <laughs> patch and go, patch and go. Well, if it wasn't for Vermont, I wouldn't be able to get my off-road uh, mountain bike <laughs> exercise on those uh, Vermont moguls, and the uh, Wilshire whoopie doos are also a favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, speaking of that, I did see you guys the other day. Uh, I think you guys were headed over to um, at what price to the showing. Did that go pretty well? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um we uh, <laughs> we screened over there at the Saban Theater and um, and we screened both films at what price and we also screened uh, Real Sustainable uh, featuring the uh, LA Greensters who are here with us today. The Greensters are hauling all of the bike valet gear out to uh, the South Bay 350, which is a big environmental um, event today. But the, uh, the LA Greensters are embracing the uh, Matt Resigno's Ride to the Ride concept. Right. Ride to the ride. That's that's awesome. What a, what a great idea, huh? Yeah. How am I going to get there? <laughs> I don't know. Ride. You could always ride there. So, uh, yeah. what what have you noticed coming out of this workshop? This is an, an actual. This work group today is an actual yeah. city sponsored event. What what are you noticing coming out of this? Well, I'm noticing that there's a, a lot of staff and a lot of reporters. Right. So we've got um, the number two for the Department of Planning, Jane Blumenfeld's here. Yeah. We've got uh, half a dozen Alta uh, consultants. We've got, um, you know, from Berkeley, as well as some of the local hires. We've got a half a dozen people from, well, we've got a, um, an outreach consultant here. We've got um, Department of Transportation represented here. And then there's a boatload of reporters. I mean, if you like getting interviewed, this is the place to go today. Hmm. There's also some cyclists, maybe, I'm going to say 15, yeah. Now, this is the second one. Thursday night, I, Jeremy and I were over at the harbor yep. um, for the workshop, and today we're here at uh, 39th and Western uh, for the workshop. And so in both cases, there's some curious folks. Uh, there's neighborhood council uh, folks that are here. There's uh, cyclists I recognize from different, you know, necks of the wood. Uh, Lisa Arbuck was here. Um, and uh, there's city staff here from uh, Garcetti's office, from... Uh, Ed Reyes's office. In other words, there's a whole lot of choir. Yes. And there's a whole lot of um, three-ring binders with the plan yep. sitting on a whole lot of tables with a whole lot of people smiling behind it saying, do you have any comments? And I think one of the charges we've had is that they take comments. Well, thank you very much for your comment. Yeah. Let me write that down. And then it goes in the comment file, which is right next to... Um, other stuff to be ignored. In other words, it's just an exercise in in public process. It's not a passionate, enthusiastic. Let's get them what they want now. Yeah. Uh, would do you think that that a larger percentage of cyclists out there would make a bigger difference in pushing through some of these comments? Cyclists must must demand a vision that lays down a foundation of equality. Cyclists must demand words of imperative, such as must and will and shall. We've got to get away from encouraging and hoping and wishing and, and sitting by and hoping that someone will come and take care of us. We've got to take responsibility for the future of L.A., uh, for the streets of L.A., and for our place on those streets. Um, so, yes, if they want to show up, we're going to have a ride on Wednesday to the west side, leaving Santa Monica and Vermont 
at 3.30 in the afternoon and riding across town to the 4th uh, of the city's workshops. And on Saturday, the 31st, at 1 o'clock, right. we're going to be at 5th and Main at the Exchange. It's an art gallery, 1 o'clock downtown. And that's when L.A.'s best bike plan will be developed. Um, and that's when the next phase of uh, what we did last week, uh, that's when we'll have the consensus uh, presentation and folks can vote on what they want. The Riders Working Group. Yes. Okay. And uh, I just want to reiterate here, the Riders Working Group, you can find that at labikeplan.com. Correct. And the comments that you submit on the Riders Working Group, those do go to the city, correct? Correct. They do. Okay. Um, so if you comment on the Riders Working Group, I do want to make it known that that somebody will actually take your comment into consideration. Yep. I don't think that it's going to be the city, but your comment will be heard. So I definitely uh-huh. recommend to folks check out labikeplan.com. Awesome. So, uh, Stephen, thanks a lot for, for your hard work out there, uh, and we appreciate the update. All right, awesome. So, And uh, congratulations on the, the screening. Tell NC we said congratulations, right. and, uh, and thanks to the L.A. Greensters. Rebel Without a Car Productions, if you're interested in finding out about uh, at what price, Rebel Without a Car Productions, also real sustainable. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Jim. You have a, have a great afternoon. You too. Okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye. So that was informative but also slightly disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen people. Showing up uh, as cyclists to the to the meeting today, in order to to put in their comments and talk about how they want the direction of the city of Los Angeles cycling plan to go over the next fifteen years. So that's uh, one person for every yeah. year. <laughs> oh boy! You would think with all of the bike organizations and all the bicyclists that there would be more than fifteen. It's pretty early to have a meeting, though. Maybe. I don't know. Well, Saturday, Saturday morning always uh, always tough to draw a big crowd, isn't that right, guys? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you can hear them all in the background. Eric McCannage jumping up and down here, rallying the troops. Um, and we we uh, we've noticed that Saturday mornings it can be very difficult to get to get a large number of folks together and uh, and make things happen. But I. I want to put out a challenge to everyone to try and make the next few workshops that are public comment workshops. Uh, whether or not you feel like your voice is being heard, whether or not the city really cares about what you have to say, uh, what we need them to see is that there are enough people out there that have an interest in what's going on over the next 10 years, over the next 15 years, over the next year over the next six months in order to for them to actually feel like they need to step up their their end of the bargain and uh, so what we're looking at here the the coming events uh, SF Valley the the next one's going to be in the San Fernando Valley uh, Monday October 26th this coming Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. the address is 6262 Van Nuys Boulevard in Van Nuys um, 5 to 7 p.m. That's the San Fernando Valley one on Monday. West Los Angeles, this Wednesday, 
It is 11-338 Santa Monica Boulevard from 5 to 7. 11-338 Santa Monica Boulevard from 5 to 7. If you want to find out any more about this stuff, you can always check out labikeplan.org or labikeplan.com, and they should have uh, information on all the public hearings. Also, it's on our uh, page on KPFK. And also it's on, yeah, it is on our page at KPFK. KPFK.org, just look for Bike Talk. And then the, the last one we've got here is going to be in northeast Los Angeles, uh, 4580 North Figueroa Street, um, from 6 to 8, uh, November Wednesday, 4th. November 4th. That's, uh, that's actually Joseph Bray Ali's neck of the woods. So, mm. uh, if you're up near Flying Pigeon, Pigeon, or if you're with the bike oven, that's a great place to get your, get your voice heard. Yeah. Uh, 4580 North Figueroa Street, Wednesday, November 4th, from 6 to 8. We so, should try to or- help organize something. Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in doing anything, email us, livebiketalk at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to, we'd love to put together a ride to go to some of these. It looks like Wednesday, uh, Stephen Box and the Concerned Riders Collective is already going to be meeting uh, at Hollywood and Western, is that what they said, and riding out to, uh, riding out to the one on, in, on Santa Monica Boulevard, 11338 Santa Monica Boulevard. And they said they were going to be meeting at 3.30. Uh, okay. the, the meeting runs from 5 to 7. And it looks like we have somebody on the phone. Alex Thompson. Alex Thompson. Dr. Alex Thompson, how are you doing today? Hey, You're on Bike Talk. You Good. Fantastic. Um, Alex, would you care to introduce yourself? I know you were here last week, but uh, for those who are just listening for the first time, who am I speaking with? Uh, my name is Alex Thompson. I'm on Bike Rave, which is west side of Finland, to Bike Kitchen. And I have a blog called West Side Bike Side. Um, and I do a lot of bike stuff. Awesome. You are probably calling me from the, uh, the meeting at Exposition Park. Yeah. Is that uh, I'm at 39th and Western, and we're at this bike plan meeting. And uh, it's pretty interesting. What, what is your overall opinion of what's going on down there? Um, I think that this, this meeting really demonstrates uh, all the reasons why we should continue to keep the heat on city departments to be more responsive to us. Yeah. Um, like, you know, back when they started these meetings, it was rather, it was kind of rancorous. Like, and, and I was part of that rancor. We had a meeting in West L.A. way back in February 2008, getting into this process, and we strongly questioned the consultants and the department officials who were there as to why we didn't have more time to have input, why there wasn't a greater process, and I don't think they learned a lot from that meeting, but it's evident that they learned something, and that's good. That's progress, um, but I'm still not really, I'm not happy with the recommendations they've got in this plan at all. How do you feel, how do you feel that, uh, about the cyclist turnout? Um, it's okay. There's actually about...